Yes, well, big deal. Lily, if you want to watch me undress so badly, why don't you tell me? What? I said if you want to watch me undress so badly, you should have told me. What do you mean? Well, do you want to watch me undress? Well, uh, sure, uh, I guess so. Go and close the door. What? I said close the door. This week, we cover the most WTF movie ever. A movie that made me deeply, deeply uncomfortable. A movie that I wish I could unwatch. A movie that probably should have never been made in the first place. It never should have been made. Who was this made for? It was so awkward. Even sitting in my own living room. Like, I told you, Dick Tracy, I wanted to walk out. This one, I wanted to cover myself up and not look at anything ever again. A movie that I will describe as if Richie Rich were a few years older and really wanted to fuck yeah <laughs> or oh. like from the toy wanted to buy sex instead of buying richard pryor oh. <laughs> master Bates. <laughs> this is the pool scene podcast i'm kevin i'm joined by jim <laughs> hey now this week we are talking 1981 based on the 1969 novel philly by dan greenberg oh. conveniently Thanks, Dan. And that movie is called Private Lessons. <laughs> so Dan Greenberg also wrote the movie, wrote the movie and the book. Greenberg's whole deal makes me uncomfortable. He was married to Nora Ephron for seven years. That's not what makes me uncomfortable. Interesting. Okay. He has quotes on record about thinking it's funny to push the envelope specifically with sexual topics. But then also he is most known for authoring a series of children's books. Oh, so like... Pick one or the other. Yeah. It just, I no. don't like that he does both. That he's like pushing, you know, taboo, like sex stuff, and then also doing children's books. Got away with it anyone here nowadays. He'd be thrown fucking prison for yeah, it. Probably. So, Jim, you had texted me about how you were surprised that no one did go to jail for making this. Yeah. The five second plot of this movie is that it's about a 15 year old boy being seduced by an older woman. Most of the movie was shot in Arizona, but since the age of consent in Arizona, is 18 it was against the law to film the sex scenes in arizona that makes it even more skeezier yes. like didn't these people in this had to have a sag card to do this shit so the sex scenes were filmed in new mexico uh. where the age of consent is 16 and exactly those sort of decisions should have been like the filmmakers should have been like wait a minute we are making something so taboo that we have to move states to film the scenes why wouldn't anybody's red flag would shouldn't they up? be like maybe we shouldn't be making this yeah, let's pump the brakes after watching and this is what's worse and this tells you what types of type of people the producers are after watching the first cut of the movie the producers decided to remove most of the blackmail scheme subplot oh and focus more on the organic sexual relationship between a child and a grown woman organic well, oh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> orgasmic. Yeah. Uh, so it required them to do reshoots to add scenes. Great. So they had to call the actors and be like, hey, we want to do a little less of the blackmail like scheme as to why there's a relationship. And we just want it to be more of like a relationship. 
So we got to bring you guys back to uh, to film. So gross. Although I will give them credit for at least leaving the blackmail scheme at all, because I mean, but they took out so much of it. Yeah, that there's it just, very there was, little. Yeah, they, I mean, they're pretty close to just making a movie about a 15 year old and a woman being in a relationship. The whole time, I forgot about the blackmail scheme until when it's first introduced, and at the very yeah. end, it's reintroduced. Yes, in the middle, the whole time, I wanted to pour bleach in my. Well, eye. you just get like a piece of it. Yeah, this is more so probably a topic for a legacy but i just think there were a lot of poor judgment exercised in this movie like the graduate literally one of the greatest films ever made one of my favorite movies ever made no doubt and it's essentially about the same thing a teenager sleeping with an older woman but not egregiously no because how they told the story and what was included and omitted made all the difference I mean, even something like American Pie with Finch and Stifler's mom. You didn't see it happen. Exactly. You knew it was going to happen. In both The Graduate and American Pie, Ben and Finch are basically both adults because they're like seniors in high school. And they don't show the older woman begging them to get in a bathtub. Exactly. And and like, give me your hand and like see an older woman put their hand. Like imagine if Stifler's mom would have grabbed Finch's dick. Like it's weird. It's just a constant yeah overbearing pushing of yes. let me have sex with you. and the kid he's a virgin the kid yes. has no idea he's that every person that's like i want to see a naked woman yeah. i want to see a naked woman everybody you know you get to that age you're like yeah but oh my god she just keeps fucking going for no reason see, the graduate and um, american pie like both of those movies have substance like whereas other things are going on there's other plots yeah. it's an interesting movie otherwise but private lessons is like no this entire movie is is about this yeah and it's weird because it just focuses on statutory rape jim please give us the budget and box office of the statutory rape movie with news number ones and hopefully some positivity somewhere in here oh we are good with the positivity bringing it at you right now from wuab channel 43 where the news comes first this is the 10 o'clock news Private Lessons, what a name, came out on August the 28th, 1981, two weeks before my birth, to a $2.8 million budget, and how, I have no clue, as I'm just dumbfounded. This movie made $26.3 million at the box office. I don't ever remember this movie. I I mean, granted, I wasn't born yet, but even in future spec, I, how, like, I don't get it. However, the Smurfs were the number one toy. Hey, did you hear that the Smurfs have some new friends? When do you think they'll get here, Papa Smurf? They'll be here soon. When they get there, the Smurfs will be better than ever. I can hardly wait till they get here. And neither can I. (laughs) Can you imagine who's coming to Smurf Village this fall? Beanbag chairs were the furniture rage. J.R. Ewing and Dallas were tearing up the TV ratings. Pac-Man made over $1 billion. And Space Invaders was what everyone was playing on their Atari 2600s. Shout out to last week, Joysticks episode. Sir Special. Sir Special. We need to know about the Sir Special. Shout out to Mike. Shout out to Shane. Thank you for coming on. And now, Kevin huge event in august of 1981 seven six five four we've gone for main engine start we have main engine start. ladies and gentlemen rock and roll
This is it. Welcome to MTV Music Television, the world's first 24-hour stereo video music channel. Just moments ago, all of the VJs and the crew here at MTV collectively hit our executive producer, Sue Steinberg, over the head with a bottle of champagne, and behold, a new concept is born. The best of TV combined with the best of radio. Now, starting right now, you'll never look at music the same way again. Twelve oh one a.m. hits. That song you hear in the background is what kicked off music television, the only twenty-four hour video music channel. The Buggles video killed the radio star, and I think it's about like the first couple months of MTV. They rotated like thirty music videos over and over again. But once we we've said it before, said it again. MTV was one of the most amazing things ever created. Yep. Damn it, MTV. I miss you. I miss who you used to be. And you, you don't like ridiculousness. No, I don't like ridiculous as much as i like 22 hours a day hey i loved the early real worlds i loved early road rules robin big had a special place for me but shit man there was nothing better than coming home and just popping down in front of a tv and watching music videos yeah all day every oh, day we used to i mean we still been a while but we we go down a rabbit hole go down a rabbit hole and just watch music videos for hours <sighs> those are fun nights man where it's like six hours later yeah like, holy shit yeah ibm introduced its first personal computer the very first computers seemed as big as houses and so mysterious that for most of us, the computer was behind a closed door. But IBM was thinking how to make the computer more useful. And as one good idea led to another, it began getting smaller, faster, less expensive, and easier to use. With DOS version 1.0, IBM, they kind of kind of got singled out of that personal computer market there with Commodore and Amiga and all that stuff. But international business machines were around for a very long time. Let's throw it over to some birthdays. Let's get excited. Meghan Markle. Happy birthday, Meghan Markle. I believe. No, she would have been. No, she's not a princess. Her and Harry both left the English throne, if you will. They're now here in America. Roger Federer, probably the greatest tennis player male tennis Wait, player. Did you take a time. breath in between the royal family and Roger Federer? <laughs> I did For being the thing. greatest tennis player, he is now a member officially of the royal family. King Roger Federer of the Swiss Alps, you are now king of tennis. And Kevin, a guy that we personally love, and it's the first time we've ever seen a move he ever pulled off, is now coined Petey Williams, the Canadian destroyer, there the creator go. himself. It was his birthday and born in August of 1981. I worked a show with Petey Williams. Did he really? Yeah. I always hear things about him super nice he was little there yeah. was a dude on the show uh named brian bender and they him Petey williams i don't remember who else was on the show but he was on the show with like another name like somebody yeah. from tna and they kept doing the the bender thing from uh breakfast club oh god and bender was not stoked <laughs> He like they beat you know they yeah. they beat the dead, dead horse. horse and then Brian Bender got calf implants go figure and he was on MTV and then when Petey Williams was signed to be a backstage agent with the WWE Vince said ah, Petey sounds like a boy's name you should just be Pete Williams who's he fucking is that real yeah huh. real everybody was like no he's Petey that's who he is <laughs> sorry Vince I'm surprised he didn't call him Willie Peters I'm. So- <laughs> 
I love Will Peterson. The number one movie in America, Harrison Ford, Raiders of the Lost Ark, the first in the Indiana Jones saga and the upcoming Indiana Jones movie. Uh. Harrison Ford said it's his last ride. He said that the last time. Because- he said he was done with Star Wars. He said he was done with Indiana Jones. <sighs> I mean, what's he going to make next? Like, he's just going to continue. Well, they never should have made the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. No. So maybe this will make up for it. And I they guess they should have made Kingdom of the Crystal Meth. Which I'm worried about because they're de-aging him in this movie. Oh, too. no. Are yeah, they? I heard about that. They're going to be doing some indie de-aging. Ugh. But the number one song in America, Lionel Richie, Diana Ross, Endless Love. Great song, tore up the charts for a numerous amount of weeks. So grab that one you love, pick a movie, you put this one on and go, Jesus Christ, turn it off. Kevin, back to you. My love, there's only you in my life. You 34-year-old woman, I'm a 15-year-old boy. I'm pretty sure those were the... <laughs> Actual lyrics. I, so according to the DVD sleeve of this piece of shit, the, <laughs> the movie, quote, started the teen sex film craze of the 1980s. No. I think this movie's giving itself a Barry Horowitz-sized pat on the back because you did not start the teen sex craze. There needs to be two teenagers because yeah. there's one teenager... And an adult who's yeah, taking advantage of him. Exactly. So in my opinion, it can't. It's disqualified. No, fuck right off. All right. Let's get this plot over with. Philip Philly Fillmore is a 15. That's a lot of alliteration. Yeah. Shit. Philip Philly Fillmore is a 15 year old oh. fucking freak yeah. in high school. <laughs> His dad has left on a business trip. Ultimate latch key, yeah. No mom that's mentioned. Is there a mom that's mentioned? Not at all. Is his dad just like a whore or something like that? A whore? Is his dad not like a legit whore? But doesn't his dad sleep around or something like that? I see him sleep with a woman. Okay. But I, I think he's actually on business. He's, that's fine. I didn't mention Philly has fuck you money. Maids, chauffeurs, all that. Like That fucking house that's is like disgusting. I said, it's like Richie Rich. Yeah. Like, oh, we have a McDonald's in the house. And in the McDonald's, they probably had a McBranson and a... All those other shows. Oh, there is a private lessons themed burger. There's a McPhilly in there. McMallow. There you go. That sounds disgusting. Oh. The day after Daddy Fillmore leaves, one of the housekeepers named Nicole starts flirting with Philly. Jim, how old do we think she is? 30? I mean, what, what do we think, I think she is? I think she has to be 30 to 35 has to be. So she's asking him fairly normal questions like where do the other maids like to hang out? Like what is there to do around here? And he's like, I don't know. All the other maids are fucking old. So they go to sleep and he's like, there's a couple bars, whatever. But she playfully calls him out for looking up her dress. Yeah. He's embarrassed. He runs off. And we're still fine here. So far, we're okay. Yeah, that's okay. We're fine. We've seen some evidence up to this point of him just being a horny 15 year old in general. We've all been there. But after this encounter, he starts watching Nicole with binoculars. Starts getting weird now. Still, I mean, like, he's 15, so I give him a pass, but we're starting to cross the threshold. Yeah. One night, she catches him and invites him in where she strips for him. Uh, And she's like, do you want to touch me? And he's like, no, I'm fine. I just like to watch, you know, and she strips for him. And then when it starts to escalate, he's like, I'm out of here. Peace. Bye. See ya. The next morning, she invites him to come to her room after dinner. But when he finds her, 
her. She's in the bathtub. <sighs> she puts his hands on her and eventually persuades him to get in with her, but it ends abruptly when she touches his dick. <sighs> God. The next day, they go to the movies, but when they get back, he tells her, oh, you know, I'll marry you. I'd also say that I'm prepared to marry you um, whenever you say. Oh, well, you don't have to say that. No, I'm not just saying that. I'm not just handing you a line or anything. I want to marry you. Well, you listen to me. A man and a woman should only get married when they want to raise a family together or when they want to live together. What's wrong with that? A man and a woman should only get married when they love each other. But I do love you. Don't you love me? I guess so. But you don't want to marry me, is that it? I didn't say that. No, you didn't say that, but that's true of thinking, isn't it? That's true of thinking that some silly-ass little kid has just told you that he loves you and wants to marry you. It's probably all you could do to keep from laughing out loud. Silly, you're wrong. I'm not wrong. Should have kept my big mouth shut. Fuck. I'll marry you if you want to get married. He gets mad when she's like, no, we don't have to get married. I love how that had the reality set in on her mind. Yes. Not anything else. Because he's like, I don't think you're a whore or anything, but I want to marry you. And she's like, no, we can just we can just do it. We don't have to get married. It would have been funny if she would have looked at him and goes, I'm 35. Yeah, right. (laughs) Like she's logical. So he he gets pissed. They reconcile after a couple days. They go to a fancy dinner and then the brown derby. Is it the Brown Derby? It sure as hell seems the like the French Brown Derby. French Brown Derby. <laughs> How do you say Brown? Le Derby. Brown and French. <laughs> brown French. Brown French. <laughs> Sir Special. They go to a fancy dinner. They finally have full-blown sex oh, because she's like impressed by him like putting the waiter in his place. Madame wishes the after-dinner liqueur, the Kalua, the Sambuca, the Amaretta. I said we've had enough. Ah, ah, ah. Monsieur wishes the after-dinner mint, the frango mint. The check. May we just have the check, please? Yo, yeah, he really put him in his place. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I'm going to stop here for a second because, again, I'm giving the illusion that a grown woman is in a willing romantic relationship with a child. We can't emphasize this enough. So, Nicole is an illegal alien. The chauffeur... Johnny Fever. Lester is blackmailing her as part of a larger blackmail scheme to get some of that Fillmore cash money. Well, Nicole, how is everything going? Just fine, Lester. You seem to be getting along with Philly very well. So when are you going to get it on with him? I don't know. You don't know? Now listen, sweet pants. Mr. Fillmore's trip is a short one, and this whole thing has to be over and done with by the time he gets back. But Lester, he's just a 15-year-old boy. 15 is the perfect age. Just think. You're giving him private lessons, an advanced education. I just feel bad about it. If you don't do it, you're going to feel a hell of a lot worse. Is this a threat, Lester? That is exactly what it is. Lester has convinced Nicole to have sex with Philly and then immediately afterward fake her own death. Well, we need to quickly explain. He brings this up to her near the beginning. Yeah, 10 minutes into the movie probably. And then we don't revisit it till near the end of the but movie. 10 minutes into the movie, we don't really get the full story. Yeah. We just, we just get Lester saying like, well, did you do it yet? Yeah. And she's like, he's 15. And Lester's like, I don't care. Do it. Exactly. And that's it. And you 
you don't really know. You know that like there's something, something going on, but not the extent yeah. of it. So when Philly believes that he is at least somewhat responsible for killing her, a ransom note of sorts would appear telling Philly to get $10,000 from his father or else he would be exposed for his role in Nicole's death. It sort of goes down like that. And Lester gets 10 K that Philly gets from a safe. That is until Nicole disappears after being put in a grave because she has second thoughts. Lester then threatens to expose her as a pedophile unless she continues to go along with it. Nicole returns, like just like straight up comes back, tells Philly that she is in love with him. <sighs> Can you help me try and get it back? Of course I'll help you, Philly. Dad's going to be home day after tomorrow. I'm going to have to hurry. First we have to find a place to hide you. Where? I don't know. Sherman's potting shit. Used to hide there all the time. Maybe we better hurry to put some pressure on dear Lester. Oh, yeah. Got some ideas about that already. Good. After I just gave her a pass saying like, I don't want you to believe that she's in a willing romantic relationship. I am now telling you explicitly she is in a willing romantic relationship with a child after all. Let's break the law. They enlist the help of Philly's tennis coach to pretend to be the police to put pressure on Lester to return the money. Lester tries to flee the country. They follow him to the airport where conveniently Philly's dad is returning home from his business trip. How incredible. And he, the dad thinks that's why they're there. Philly and Nicole get the money bag. They return the cash to the safe. Lester keeps his job because there's this unspoken agreement. <laughs> Fucking hell! To not expose each other. Nicole decides to leave and move on or else she's like, your dad would find out about our affair. I'm like, and I'm you'd go to jail. I'm surprised she didn't say, hey, why don't we have your dad join in with I us? I know, exactly. So, but not, she doesn't leave until they have some more sex. Spoiler, you almost are freed from the shackles of this one, but not before another awkward sex scene. This movie ends with Philly back at school asking his school teacher on a dinner date. Oh, Miss Phipps. Hello there. I'm sorry, I... D Philip Fillmore? Philly! I didn't recognize you. You've changed so much since last June. Yes, I know. I'd, I'd like to thank you for the advice you gave me this summer. What was that? To find girls whose age is more appropriate for me. Oh, right. How did it go? Oh, it went very well. Listen, I'd, I'd like to talk to you about it in detail. Great, I'd love to. Excellent. Can we discuss it over dinner tonight? Why don't I have my chauffeur pick you up at 8? This movie is way too fucking long. It's it's like an hour 25. And it's the longest hour 25. This movie could have been a 10-minute movie. And in the end, it starts as it begins. He literally has a hot teacher who catches him staring out at a girl's window at a yeah. party with his chubby friend. Yes. And everybody wants to bang her. But in the end, he guess gets her right. I'm fine with that situation. Okay. Because 15-year-old, again. It's, it's the fantasy. It's it's the Stifler's mom thing. Yeah. A 15-year-old boy thinks his teacher's hot. He gets confidence to ask her out. And she says yes. And I'm convinced she's 10 years younger. I than... mean, she's still breaking the law, but like, you know what I mean? But yeah. it's but it's it's consensual and he asks. It's not like imagine if the teacher just was like, Philly's uh, you know, he's got chalkboard duty that day. Yeah. He's cleaning the chalkboard. chalkboard duty. You remember that in school? Yeah, I can remember but, that. Uh, anyway, he's got chalkboard duty, and then Mrs., you know, Mrs. Milf teacher comes and sticks her hand down his 
his jockeys while he's erasing the board. But or the something. good thing about that too, it's implied yes. as if something's going to happen. We don't see yes. or willingly That's, take advantage of. That them. is the other thing. You know, there is there is a question of consent. There is you know, it's reversed. It's not her picking up on him there's just a, a lot of it's reversed it's the, better the fact that this movie has the audacity to say it created the teen sex comedy i'll give it one 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 thing it created the wtf genre yeah that's it that's all it ever did well let's get into the characters sylvia crystal as nicole mallow howard hessman as lester lewis eric brown as philip billy fillmore another actor named neil barry played this role for 18 days before being replaced eric stoltz syndrome. which means sylvia crystal had to do sex scenes with not one child but two and the thing with sylvia crystal a lot of you guys I know growing up like I did, you'd be like, ah, she kind of looks familiar because she did late night Cinemax stuff. She was Emmanuel. She was her. Yeah. Even though they used, she did a lot of like the softcore porn type stuff. Yeah. But then for the nude scenes in this one, they used it's a just, body double. Just weird. Like why? Why? It's like, because was she even like, no, I can't have a naked body near a kid. I got to hit limits. Maybe. The fuck? I don't even want to know because we're probably going to find out the body double was also an underage girl. Yeah. It's going to be weird. The, it was probably something so weird. Yeah. I'm not really going to mention too many other people. Ed Begley Jr. played Jack Travis, the tennis coach who poses as a police officer. Unlike when we did Dear Christmas, Begley here did yeah. not mail in his performance. No. He did pretty good as like oh, a yeah, I liked fake them. cop. Yeah, I liked him. All right. So anyone, Jim, anyone at all, <laughs> anyone I didn't mention, anything as much as it breaks my heart, like I said, one of my inspirations coming into like radio and podcasting was Dr. Johnny Fever from WKRP in Cincinnati, who was played by Howard Hessman. There's so much growing up that I love Howard Hessman in this. I'm sorry, not this WKRP in Cincinnati, Flight of the Navigator and Head of the Class. Philly, don't leave it there. What? I said, don't leave your bike there. Why not? It's not safe. Why not? It might get run over, disfigured, mangled beyond recognition. By who? Careless motorist. Well, there aren't any motorists in this driveway, except you. He is so weird in this fucking movie. He has an accent. He likes to stare at them making out and doing weird shit in the back of his limo. I don't. Oh, yeah. Does he become like the de facto caretaker of Philly while his dad is out of the... He's the fucking chauffeur. But they like hate him. You know what I mean? Cause like him and his friend are like, uh, do you think so-and-so puts out? Do you think they put out? And then they're like, they go up to Lester and they're like, no one puts out for Lester. But it, he seems to be the one to go to. Like he's taking care yeah. loosely of Philly. I don't think anyone's taking care of Philly. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know. He's, the, I don't have anybody to, but he's weird as shit. All right, let's, uh, I got no one. Let's move on to best scenes. I barely had those. <laughs> I had one. But uh, I did write things down because I'm like, I can't have no best scenes. Well, I, they don't necessarily have to be the best No, scene. true. I will say the graduation party at the beginning of the movie. Boy, that Miss Fitch sure takes her chaperone role seriously. Yeah, she's a bigger drag at parties than she even is at school. But she's still the sexiest teacher at school. Yeah, and the most uptight. 
at least they graduated. It makes this movie seem like it is going to be a fun We're 80s to a good teen note. sex comedy. Because yeah. it's like, I don't understand what's happening, but there's some sort of party. It's a school function. You know, all the kids are like dancing a little bit too provocatively and all handsy and all over each other. A lot of beer drinking. Yeah. And the teachers are there chaperones. And it's funny because. Which is weird. Like why? Yeah. But when the one girl like falls in the pool because her and her boyfriend are all over each other. See through. I like, yeah, well, you get to see through. But yeah. the uh, the teacher, Mrs. Phipps, she's like, well, at least they're graduating or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, we don't have to worry about them what, anymore. What are they playing? Rod Stewart or something? <laughs> I mean, they're like, it's a kind of an awesome soundtrack. But like they're playing, like, yeah. you know, notable music. hits. Yeah. So I'm like, this actually seems like it's going to be kind of cool. Little did I know. And then we're off to, you know, Philly and his, what's his chubby friend's name is best friend chubby friend chubby friend when they're staring in the window at that girl and miss phipps catches them but doesn't seem to be that upset about it yeah philly why don't we go back to the party the coolest teacher yeah but i have one i have one scene before i literally wanted to fucking put bleach in my eyes when miss mallow i'm marshmallow i wish if her fucking name first name would have been marsh Marshmallow, fucking amazing would that have been? When she literally calls him out for trying to look up her skirt. That must not have been too interesting for you. What do you mean? I mean, it must not have been too interesting for a young man of 15, is it? Going on 16, I'm not sure I got your point. What do you mean it must not have been too interesting? I mean, it must not have been so interesting to sit across from your elderly housekeepers and look up their dresses like you're looking at mine right now. Why do you say things like that? Well, why shouldn't I? Because they embarrass me, that's why. Really, I was only teasing you. Did you have a good time? Oh, yeah. Very good. Hey, I did not want to embarrass you, really. All right. Will you forgive me? I don't know. I'm like, okay, this is going to be fun. He's going to be constantly wanting to see her naked. And she's not going to be back down. She's kind of going to hint, but not literally fuck the kid like she did. This was my only favorite scene because it got a chuckle out of me. Then afterwards, I was like, I want to walk out of my own house like Dick Tracy again. (laughs) Fucking prune face should have been in this movie. The bad chase scene to the airport. It worked. Travis scared Lester. He's looking all over for you. You don't know him. He'll pick up the money and run. Sherman, can we borrow a car? It's an emergency. Sure, come on. If we catch him now, I'm sure you'll have the money. Come on, get in. Oh, Philly, I can't drive. Neither can I. Can you? Sure, get in. Come on, Sherman, move it. Sherman? I don't know how to drive. There's so unnecessary. <laughs> it really is. So dumb. And then the awkward standoff with Philly's dad because it's the most awkward 10 minutes. So the fake cop, the tennis coach, yeah. goes to Lester's quarters. I'm assuming he's living on property. I would assume. And they're trying to like kind of see the money. And he knows everything that's going down. He knows everything. Yes. Lester has put Nicole in a hotel to hide out because she's supposed to be dead. Dead. So he puts her in this hotel to hide out. The cop shows up and was like, listen, I'm going to charge you a murder one. I need you to, you know, fess up or whatever. And he's like, you can't charge me if there's no body. But he becomes a bumbling idiot. Yeah. And he's like, I tell you what, give me two hours. I'll find the body, whatever. And he's like, all right, I'll be back in three hours. Back in three hours. Three hours? Mm -hmm. Good. Mm -hmm. I'm going to see you in two hours. Two hours? Yeah. And you better be able to prove that girl is alive. I'm going to book you for murder one. You can't book me for murder. If you don't have a body, you don't have a case. Come on, Buster. Up, 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 up. 
Now, don't get any bright ideas about leaving town, because I'm going to be watching you. Okay. I'm going to see you in two hours from right now. You hear me? Yes. You hear me? Yes, I do. Yes. So Lester try like Lester goes and he's actually spooked. Like he thinks this is he thinks this is a real cop. So Lester's actually spooked. He goes to the hotel and he's like, "Hey, that woman I checked in here, I need her out. Like I need her out of here." The the guy at the desk is like, "She's gone. She left. She's she's not here." So basically Lester tries to skip town cuz he thinks he's actually going to be on the hook for a murder yeah. charge. So Lester tries to skip town. They chase him, but for whatever reason Philly's friend drives and drives them to the airport. Somehow he able to drive and yeah. then they have this whole like stupid like awful chase scene he can't really drive but then they get there and it's real awkward they're playing tug of war with the cash bag and philly's dad is like uh, oblivious he yeah but well he's like on. what's going on here and they're kind of like not fessing up so it's just the whole thing's real awkward very unnecessary scene very weird scene but of course you know in in movies the way they're written of course the moment they get to the airport is conveniently when the dad's keystone back. cops yeah. I, okay, so he's, when he made this movie, the kid playing Philly was 16. No offense to him. Can't act worth a shit. Yeah. Like, he's a horrible actor. How bad was the first kid? God, I can't imagine. Kept getting a boner. That's why. All right, there's definitely a pool in this one. Ah, uh, thank God there's a pool. I fucking drown myself. All right, we're going to do movies or movie scenes that would be uncomfortable to watch with your parents. Ah! Now, it can be like when you were younger, it could be now. Yeah. And I'm not talking about like a Serbian film or Human Centipede or some crazy (laughs) horror movie. I like Serbian Centipede. Because obviously things like that are going to make everyone uncomfortable. Bloody Divac porn. But I'm talking like awkward, like nude scenes, masturbation, like even like some scenes with like bullying and stuff can be like awkward to watch with your parents or like I'd say sometimes there's there's movies where it's like things your parents don't understand and then they ask you to explain them like and, a generational and that, yeah and then that's like awkward or mostly stuff that's just like hey we sat down to watch this movie as a family and then out of Whoops. that field here's a scene that we did not yeah. expect to see so you go first okay i'm gonna go with american psycho oh yeah specifically the sex scenes where he's watching himself in the mirror and then telling the girl to eat the other girl's ass because like i could actually see a family maybe not like obviously small kids but i could see like a family sitting down being like, let's check out this American Psycho. Christian Bale. Yeah. Let's check out this American Psycho. Up and coming actor. I bet it's suspenseful and stuff. And it's like Huey Lewis soundtrack. Amazing. Why is the ATM telling it to telling him feed it a cat? So yeah, pretty, pretty. Honey, what is, uh, what is he talking about eating? I don't get it. (laughs) Makes no sense to me. Maybe this is kind of a toss up, but if you said, Hey, mom and dad say you were 15 Hey, let's watch this movie uh private lessons and i hear it's supposed to be like a teen sex comedy uh-huh. i know it's r-rated but i've been good with my grades haven't i yeah all right let's sit down and watch this oh he got caught looking up the skirt mom gives you the look like uh-oh dad's like chuckling unders next thing you know you're going to church on sunday you're in confessional oh, yeah and you get this shit out of your head you need to be exercised oh my god i have there's something about mary Oh, the jizz? So yeah, the cleaning the pipes, going out with a loaded weapon scene where he doesn't realize he's jizzed on his own ear. And then Mary thinks it's hair gel, puts it in her hair. Yeah. Just could be awkward. Cause like it's a Fairly Brothers movie. You could very much sit down and watch with, oh, yeah. with your family. Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, yeah you're Dumber. good. Like I went to the theater to see Dumb and Dumber with my mom. So but yeah, that that's pretty awkward to watch with your parents, like where he's talking about I'd be going out with a loaded gun. Yeah. 
He jerks it and he has jizz on his ear. She puts it in her hair. Get the poison out. I could just see some people's moms being like, that's not, that's not hair <laughs> don't gel. Don't use it. Don't, don't do use that. it. That's not hair gel. <laughs> Fucking hell. So this next one is a bit of a deviation from my last selection, which is this movie that we are covering. So you're a student of history and your parents are like, okay, we're going to watch something with some questionable themes. And then you put on an Edward Norton movie called American History X. There you go. And uh, literally within the first 10 minutes, we get him curb stomping somebody and all of a sudden got a big swastika on his chest. Parents had no idea this was happening. Take that back to Hollywood. We're done. We watched Pulp Fiction as a family one time. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, we had like an illegal cable box for a while and I remember my brother was I like, hey, this days. movie is like so got all this like, you know, it's being well, very well regarded yeah. and it's like got high praise and we watched it and I remember just like the cocaine and like all these like awkward. Fucking blowing his head off in the yeah. car. I think I just shot Marvin in the face. <laughs> so number three, a movie that I would imagine families get together to watch every Christmas. Love actually. <laughs> but there's the subplot with the extras in the porn. Oh yeah. So like yeah. when they they're like simulating fucking while they're naked. But I I I think that like families are probably getting together even with like children to watch yeah. this one. So that's like one where, you know, very little small child is going to see that on accident. Be like, what's a porno? What are they doing? Why are they So my next one, Jim fucking the pie in American Pie. Yeah. Imagine and this is a true story. Your mom walking in on you watching this movie and she just sees a guy on top of a kitchen island fucking a pie. And then you have to explain to her, the fuck are you watching? Yeah. It's like I'm this is a I'm a senior mom. This the, you the know. thing about movies like this though is that's, is it like warm that, apple pie? But that's the scene where they definitely always walk in. Oh yeah. You know, they don't walk in when it's just like the boys sitting in the diner. Yeah. You know, they Or even <laughs> naughty, they're watching naughty yeah. and getting naked. Yeah, no. like no, the parents walk in when he's fucking a pie for and sure. And then every nurse and doctor across the nation fucking hated that movie because guys probably came in with burnt dicks. <laughs> fucking pie i fucked a mcdonald's apple pie <laughs> steaming hot right in the pocket give me fuel give me fire give me hot apple pie autumn a time when trees cast new colors a time for sharing warmth and at mcdonald's we're doing just that sharing the warmth of our new oven baked apple pies I think my next one probably is the definitive one on the list because it's probably got the highest ratio of people who saw it versus awkwardness because they saw it with their small children. It's Titanic. How many children saw the tits and then oh. the steamy sex scene after? Try going on your first date, not expecting those things to pop up on the screen. I mean, because it was a P because it was yeah. Titanic. It was a PG 13 movie. Woke me up. Uh, how many families probably, Hey, it's Thanksgiving weekend. We got the whole family here let's take grandma and all the grandchildren Titanic's a historical movie son and then it's one thing when she's drawing like one of your french girls because it's just the female form Ooh, yeah but then it's followed by some some fucking the hot sex uh another one that we could put in that same category because pg-13 is captain ron tits yeah pg tits pg tits best pg tits ever so my next one is a bit of a deviation old yeller <laughs> because yeah, i i let me tell you if there is a movie even to this day if there's an animal involved in the movie i avoid it because i know yeah. what inevitably is going to happen man fucking old yeller dies and you're sitting in there crying and you got to explain to your parents why you're fucking bawling and you're 30 years old i mean it's the worst i think that's a great perspective perspective and point of view because I mostly went from like a sex perspective or like <laughs> awkward violent perspective but like yeah a movie that would make Dude. you cry in front uh, of your parents any movie with an animal I avoid 
Because yeah. it's too much. What about hot to try? You were hoping that the fucking horse and Bob Cabrera can get two bullets to the head. <laughs> Glue that motherfucker. Uh, my number one. Number one. Is, I think it's a stretch, but I think it is, at the time, I think it's a movie that could have been watched by families because, again, independent cinema, I mean, kind of always existed, but like definitely like took off in the 90s as deep far throat. as distribution. It's deep throat. <laughs> is kids. Oh. Because I think it's like. That fucking ending. Yeah, I think so depressing. It's a movie that parents heard about. And I'm sure like Oprah was probably being like it was on every talk show. Yeah. And then uh, so they put the shackles on their kids a little tighter. So, yes, there were some kids out there doing these things with bad parenting and big cities. But this was like an extreme example of the life of teenagers. But there's a few very uncomfortable scenes like where they beat a kid with skateboards. Yeah. And uh, but the final scene is probably. God. The definition of a scene you don't want to watch with your parents. Because to me, this one has a whole other layer of like, if you were a teenager watching this with your parents or your parents watched this, this is like where they shut you down. It became accusatory because it's like, are you out there getting AIDS? Are you having unprotected sex? Are you sleeping? Are you having sex with sleeping girls? The narrative for everything. It's like at the time that came out in 95. So I was 14, dude, even at school. Yeah. All of a sudden there's safe sex posters on the fucking wall. That will always freak me out. My first one, my number one, number one is something that occurred probably in my early twenties. I was still living at home at the time is before I lost my virginity. Once again, having my mom and dad walking into my room and watching the Howard Stern show. (laughs) and a girl squirting Gary in the face because she just came on the Sibian. There you go. And my mom just heard yelling and I had it up. What's one of those things where you try to lower it, but you fucking crank the volume. All of a sudden you hear just fucking in an orgasmic thing. And I see my mom come in. She's like, why are there tongues on that drill? And... (laughs) fucking the floodgates opened literally and i had to explain to my parents what they just saw that was life-altering i bet howard stern private parts probably was was seen with families oh yeah yeah i can remember not really knowing you know watching certain things and not really knowing how loud my tv was in proximity to my parents bedroom sometimes you get into this mode yeah and so yeah it makes me go down memory lane thinking about watching things i probably shouldn't have been watching yeah so all right well let's get back in Philly's obnoxious fucking billionaire pool. Oh my God, I'm still here. Yep, I am. Continue. Did you touch them? What? Turn your rockers. Did you touch them? Well, sort of. What do you mean, sort of? Did you or didn't you? Well, uh, not with my hands, with my elbows. Doesn't that get birds hot touching their knockers even with your elbows? I don't know. I have to this. Nice girls let you touch their knockers if they like you, or if they're going steady with you. If they let you get any farther than that, either they have to be a whore or else they're married to you. Isn't that right? My critical question, I just want to know what they were thinking when they made this movie. Like, who is this movie for? Is it for teenagers who think it would be cool to sleep with their housekeeper? Like, specifically, who is this movie made for? Upper middle class, rich elite kids who get to bang their maids. 
I don't know. I'm thinking more and more with this blackmail subplot. It seems to me that if that was going to be the overarching crux of the movie and then they decided to wipe it out, is this where they fell back on? Okay, we just need her to bang them and then we'll mention something at the end. I don't know. Like $26.3 million at the box office. Well, so that's what's surprising because it was marketed as a teen sex comedy, but teens couldn't see it. Yeah. I mean, or could they back then? I don't think there were ratings yet. You had to be 18 to see this. You so, can be under. So the people that would have wanted to watch this couldn't watch it. Yeah. I so mean, it's not even branded so properly. I have no idea who saw it. This was the precursor to NC-17. I just don't understand how movie theaters back then were very restrictive about what they would show. And they usually had to pay like differentiation costs in order to show what they were showing. Is it just the fact that people are like, oh, it's Emmanuel. Okay. I want to see her naked. Let's go. It's fucking so weird. I don't get it. This movie does, I think, serve as sort of a prequel to fear in a way. So David McCall, I could see Philly very much becoming a David McCall. It all could have been different, Mr. Walker. You should have allowed nature to take its course. What is your fat friend trying to fucking do to you, Philly? Get the fuck out of there, okay? So I'll just say, between Philly being seduced by a grown woman while being too naive and too young to fully grasp what's going on, his dad seemingly never being there, I don't think he has a mom, Philly is going to be extremely fucked up. Big time. He's going to be unhinged. That's why I said it's like he's going to become David McCall. Like he's, I mean, he has, without being seduced by a woman, I think he's got a number of problems that he's going to have to deal with. That's why I said Lester is the closest thing to a father figure that this kid has. And they hate each other. Exactly. Everything about the graduation party. So it's a school sponsored event at a house because I, at first I just thought it was like somebody's graduation party. That's what it comes across as. But then why are the teachers there? There's no need for them. To be. It's not like it's one of the teacher's houses. They don't establish no, that it is. But it's at a house. It's not at school. They have no right to be there. It's just the teachers are what throws it off. But the teachers needed to be there so that we get the scene with Philly getting yeah. caught spying on the girl. But but it makes no sense. No. It makes no sense. No. I don't understand what's it's like a full blown teen sex party. It's huffing the smoke machine at McManamy's and <laughs> but there's teachers there. Okay, I have a couple. So this whole blackmail plot was to get money from this rich kid's dad. This rich kid's dad who has a mansion with a servant and maids and all this shit, luxury cars. So you only want to take them for $10,000. Yeah. Not a million, not 10, 10 grand. So much so his father doesn't care that he keeps 10 grand in his safe. Yeah. What the fuck? So you're going to go through a whole rape plot he could have just stolen the 10 grand he could have just put a gun to philly's head and go what's the fucking combo they didn't have yeah they didn't have security cameras nope. he could have put a mask on he could have just yeah. literally i mean wandered around until he found the safe found a way into the safe and dad would have never known who took it and here's the thing why did you have to coerce miss mallow and like they said all the other servants were all old and you know they all either died off or they moved on why did they have to go through this whole plot not just to get a measly 10 grand but their dad's out of town why did they not just break the safe when philly went to school yeah. and just went bye-bye we're right, out right and then and then like they could all play dumb and be like we don't know who took it yeah and then if dad was like well you're all fired well okay well we get 10 grand we'll get yeah. our jobs you know and then you fucking bury her in the front yard i don't that's weird <laughs> The front yard. I've never seen anyone dive off a diving board with flippers. Yeah. The friend. Philly wondering out loud to his friend what the 110-year-old housekeeper looks like under her clothes. Guess how old she is. How old? 110. I wonder what she looks like. 
What do you mean, what she looks like? I mean, under her uniform. My housekeeper? <sighs> I mean, I get being like a horny 15-year-old. Never been that horny. I know, but he's like, wonder what she looks like. And his friend's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? His friend's the only logical yeah, person in this. Philly's like, oh, never mind. I didn't say anything. And here's the thing. Is it Philly's the blonde? Is that the fat kid's sister or that that's Philly's sister? That's the fat kid's sister. Why don't you think Philly would want to try to see yeah, his sister see naked? Yeah. They're closer in age, at least. But like, she's even doesn't even engage. Like, she's pointless in this whole movie. Yeah, there's really no reason for her existing. And are we to believe that Miss Phipps and Philly are going to get it on? or They're going to Marvin Gaye and get it on. Yeah, uh, yeah I think Fuck. something like that because... Oh. Oh, it's weird. Yeah. It's weird. Now, and I guess that kind of leads me to my next uh, number of things. The, the bat scene is so awkward. Like, it really bothered me a yeah, lot. it's fucked up. Because even if this is part of the scheme, why is she okay with this unless she's genuinely a sick person? Yeah. Because it's beyond like, sick. I mean, did they need to have sex like truly? No. All she needed to do was convince Philly that she loved him. And then I think he would have tried to get the money for her. Like oh, they yeah. could, the scheme could have been like, Philly, I'm in trouble. I need money. She literally could have just said, I'll show you me. I'll get naked for you. Can yeah. I have the money? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah and he would have done. And, and I think he would have been happier because he oh, was yeah. very uncomfortable with it. So it's one thing that Nicole's having this awkward relationship with the child in private also. But then when they go to the movies together, she puts his hand on her tits in the movies in front of everyone. That's the thing. How does nobody speak up about this? Parents back then used to be very, very like talking yeah. in the movies if they saw weird shit something would be called out a manager would be called you're not gonna see this happen. I, you know i would have said why are you touching your mom's tits exactly because if exactly a, if a kid came in the movies with a woman like that god you damn. assume it's a mom and child yes and it's why are you touching your mom's tits so then they let philly think he fucked nicole to death <laughs> Because, like, they finally have sex, and she's moaning, Ugh. and he's like, hey, lady, are you all right? Like, are you okay? And she, like, all of a sudden, she just does, like, the blah. Excuse me, but am I hurting you? Oh. 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 Miss Mallow, are you okay? Miss Mallow. Miss Mallow. Oh, no. Miss Mallow. My God, she's dead. She just kind of dies. Oh, it's horrible so death. bad. It's, it's bad. so bad. And then Philly's running around the house going like, Lester, Lester. And Lester's uh, like, what did you do? Kid, you just started having sex. You're not going to be anywhere near that good at he it to kill somebody. To but you know what bothers me? And I had to double check because we did cover Porky's with Mike Kalenich, our boy, American Zenio on YouTube. Porky's came out after. Mm -hmm. I would hate to think they did the fuck to death thing and then Porky's took it. Because oh, remember, Pee Wee did yeah. that whole and they fucked with him over it. Yeah. God, I hope not. I hope not. Well, so Nicole actually fell in love with Philly. Oh. That literally makes the whole thing worse because like then it confirms it's not just the scheme. She actually is a sick person. How much worse would it have been if she didn't leave and she stayed there while the yes. dad was there and they're having this affair? Yes. It's ah. like, it's like Lester saying like, Fuck. I'm going to turn you in for being a pedophile. Yeah. I was like, Lester, please do. Yeah, she do literally it. is a pedophile. She is. She's, she's become, I mean, you're an accomplice, but yeah, I am become pedophile. She has literally become a pedophile. Jesus Christ. And then the weirdest part of all the logic, Lester keeps his job. Yes! What the fuck? 
He tried to embezzle $10,000 from Philly by forcing or convincing the housekeeper to have sex with this 15-year-old. Statutory. But Lester is the, he's Philly's driver. He takes him places. Aren't there going to be some awkward car rides? Like, Aren't there going to be like, he's going to walk past him in the hallway? Isn't there going to be like a lot of awkwardness? Is there going to be, if there was an absolute direct sequel to this movie, would there have been some sort of fucking comedy thing where Philly says, Lester, I need you to do this for me. No, I'm not doing it, Philly. Hey, Lester, remember that one time you got that girl yeah. and then steal money from my dad? It's going to be like an overarching comedy thing. Why would Lester want to keep his job? Because to me, okay, two scenarios. Lester tries to out Philly to his dad and he's yeah. like, hey, Philly was fucking the housekeeper. He gave me $10,000 of your money out of the safe. Or... Philly's going to tell his dad, hey, dad, Lester tried to embezzle $10,000 out of the safe. Yep. This looks way worse on Lester. Why would Lester want to stick around? And let's break this down. I cannot stress this 10 grand enough. I have to believe that they were going to split the money evenly. So Miss Mallow goes through all of this, this scheme, and she's going to get a whopping $5,000. Yeah, even in 1981. Was money. he going to give her five, though? Were they going to split it down the middle? I would assume there was no talk about it, but it seems like they would. I, I didn't know that he was going to give her anything. I okay. thought it was just that he, you give me, to, you help me get this $10,000 or I'm going to turn you in for being an illegal alien. Oh, that's a good point. So too. I don't even know All if right. she, I mean, I guess apparently I because, guess she's, I got, yeah, that's because smart. she's a sicko, she gets to fuck a kid Yeah, and, and she he get, won't turn her in. And then she can stay here in this country. Yeah. I don't know where she's from. I don't. You got anything else? No. So legacy of this movie, this is now the second movie that we've covered featuring a statutory rape, but in big, she doesn't know that he's a child. So it's an accidental statutory rape, yeah. but there's other movies that venture into this territory. As we discussed before, it is risky because it's very much like high risk, low reward. You couldn't because do it anymore. What is the benefit of making a movie about an adult sleeping with a child? Yeah. Like, what is the benefit to telling that story? Obviously it's very much a real thing that happens and it can be made through like a hyper like a lens of hyper realism, but it's just exploitation. Like That's all it, is. it is. This is like lifetime movie type of like thing. Like, it's not being cute or crafty. It it's doesn't just fucking cheap. Tell a real, like no. a true story. It no. is just literally like, Hey, wouldn't it be cool if we made a movie where a grown woman fucks a kid and she'll get naked too. Yeah, right. It's so, Oh, I'm just, I'm glad it's we've skeeved. evolved past this. Uh, yeah. Thank God. All right. Let's, uh, Let's do some plugs. Pool sceners, once again, thank you for listening to this episode of the show. And don't forget, as always, like, comment, subscribe, rate, and follow Apple, Spotify, and Podbean. You leave us a five-star review and we read it on the air, we'll send you out a bit of a prize. Also, don't forget, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch. You guys are unsure how to get there? We have a one-stop shop now, and it's called Linktree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E slash pool scene podcast if you guys would like to contribute to the show in any way help for future content maybe even put it towards a cup of coffee for us there is a link at the top of the link tree that will send you to basically a tip jar we love you guys and thank you once again and now back to kevin hey final lap guy you worked as a chauffeur right yeah (laughs) 
so something we didn't mention, I mean, not really worth mentioning, yeah. is there were two sequels to this one, Private Lessons 2 and 3, which were really just sequels in name only because they were like, well, shit, this movie made $28 million yeah. off the $2 million budget or whatever. We should we should cash in on this. So there are two sequels. And then there was, what was it? Private School, and Phoebe Cates, Matthew Modine. Yeah. And I can't remember the third well, one. The woman who played Mallow was in it. Was the sex teacher in Private School. But she wasn't the same character, but she did did the movie because she was in a contractual obligation to the studio. Gun at head. Gun at head. (laughs) Yeah. What, you need me to fuck some more kids? All right. Jim, what do you got going on? So I got into this debate at work today and it fucking infuriated me. Same thing I'm going to bring up that infuriates me. So much. I don't get it. I'm a 41-year-old. Maybe time has passed. I know what this is going to be. Yes, it is. Fucking hot dog is not called a glizzy. I don't know why. I researched it online, why it's called a glizzy. It was something in New York about a gun, whatever. I don't go to the hot dog shop or go to Sam's Club and go, can I have a glizzy with a Pepsi? No, because the person's going to think you're fucking insane. I went today to Jib Jab. I ordered five hot dogs, not glizzies, hot dog. So if I take a hot dog and jam it into a blizzard, is it called a glizzard? I have no idea. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a hot dog. It will always be a hot dog. Vote Sabella 2024. I'm proud of you for only eating five hot dogs, but... Uh, I actually could only eat three today. I was kind of full. Damn. I have no problem with... We had our own lingo for stuff. That's so dumb. I feel like our lingo was better. It made sense. I think you're biased there. I... I I don't care. That's a glizzy. I mean, now, like everything else, everything comes and goes faster. Yeah, it's a you TikTok I mean? culture. Like, words for, you know, we've been using the same, like, cool and sweet, like, all the, you know, same types of things. Shaka bra. Kids now, it's faster. It's gone. You know, yeah. it's like cap and glizzy and all this stuff. I don't <laughs> Let him use it. Whatever. I don't care. Yeah. He's so mid. Yeah. <laughs> mid. <laughs> Something that's very fucking mid or below mid, less than mid. What do they say? What's below mid? Sub. Sub. (laughs) Something that's very sub. Yeah. Is, did you see this about AMC theaters? Oh, the pricing. They're changing their policy to where ticket prices are going to be based on the seat location because can't have all the pores taking up the good seats. Nope. First class only, assholes. Movie theaters are literally dying. And this just to me, puts the whole thing in fast forward because okay what can we do to get more people to the theaters charge more money for premium seats fuck you exactly amc first off let's break it down so the very first row is two dollars cheaper so basically in the middle section there's your premium seating yeah is two dollars more yeah i sit on the very last row anyways it's not affected but what the fuck all right seriously well Don't we pay enough for this shit? What's going to happen now, though, when all the seats that fill up faster are the non-premium seats? Isn't it going to backfire on AMC? Because, like... They're going to take my seats! Yeah. Fuckers! So, I I don't know. I'm I'm so tired of of capitalism and social media. Yep. Microtransactions. Microtransaction bullshit. Video games like, hey, I know you bought this video game. You get 50% of it. Yeah. If you want the rest, we're going to fucking hold you hostage. Exactly. You're going to buy it $4 at a time. Yeah. So I'm sure that some sort of fucking weeb who would defend billionaires would argue otherwise. But Jim, does a flight from New York to LA not use the same amount of fuel and resources, whether you fly at 8 a.m. or 8 p.m.? Same fucking amount. If I drive my car from here to the Dollar General down the street 
at 8 a.m. or 8 p.m. Is it not the same? Kevin, I think it's the same. Same distance. Everything's the same. But an airline knows when you want to get there. They know I'm flying somewhere. I really want to be there earlier. They know how to fuck you. They're going to charge you way more money for that. Oh, yes. And if this flight is not ideal, it's going to be a pain in the ass. That one might be a little cheaper. It makes no sense. And like, it drives me crazy because how do you have to book flights on the internet? What do you have to tell them? The day you're going? I mean, I guess you could put it as one way and then they don't know the difference. Yeah. But you're telling them the day that you're going on the flight and the day you're coming home. And when you do that, they can fuck you again. Oh, yeah. Because you're giving them your data. You're telling them, hey, I'm going to this place and I'm coming home on on this day. I want to leave early on this day and come home late on this day. They're going to be like, that's going to fucking cost you. Oh, yeah. So we got cookies and we got all these this data that tracks you. Yep. You don't clear your cache and your cookies. We know that you've been searching for flights. Fucked. Yeah. You know, like I feel this whole AMC thing is going to backfire and like you're going to come out in like three days and go, uh, you know what? So now I'm with you there because I think now the outrage every, too much. Every time that somebody says anything on the Internet. Remember when a couple weeks ago it came out that Saudi Arabia was buying WWE. Oh, yeah. I just think that where there's smoke, there's fire. They're putting you out. So I think like testing it, it is a legitimate thing that was on the table, but they shopped it. They have, yes, they shopped it. They had the story leak to kind of see what the backlash is going to be to see how bad. And then if the backlash is too bad, they say, okay, we're not going to do that. Yeah. Same with AMC because when it leaked or came out that they're announcing to do this, there's not one person who's like, I think it's a good idea. You know what I mean? You already charged me 10 for a glizzy (laughs) and five for a pop and three for a C, which is a Pepsi. Oh, see. Yeah. Yes. I just, I I think everybody now is just like soft opening these ideas to where they're like, all right, let's float it out there. Tell them that's what we're planning. Can we call those fuck floaters? That's what we do. Because if you, yes, if you do a fuck floater and you float an idea out there and you tell people what you're doing and there's a ton of backlash and then you don't go through with it, you get some positive spin. Oh yeah. Cause then AMC is able to say, well, we were planning to, to we listen to you. Yes. Now come to our theaters where in a year we're going to do it anyway. Exactly. Or we'll just upcharge the concessions. Yes. Oh yes, exactly. That's how they'll do it. Exactly. They're That's always going to get you. It's, you know, it's this whole, Oh, do you want to wash your hands in a bathroom? It's going to cost you a quarter. It, capitalism's awesome because like every time there's something, and this is a different podcast altogether, but like whenever there's minimum wage increase, which isn't often enough, in this country but whenever there's a minimum wage increase what do the people always say it's going to raise all the prices it's going to cause everything to go up if you pay us more money everything else can cost more because the corporations are fucking us they are you know what they do before the minimum wage increase they increase the prices oh yeah and then if it increases then they increase it again and then blame it on the minimum wage increase but what you didn't notice is they raise prices twice yeah so yeah we just uh, basically long story short we get fucked all the time just like philly in this movie got fucked by an old woman yep in this capitalist system we get fucked all the time we're getting fillied we're getting fillied and the super bowl is on sunday featuring the eagles from philly from philly and the chiefs from kansas city kevin who do you have i don't know i can't i can't decide Hmm. i mean a lot of i mean the eagles are the favorites i just i'm a person who cannot Patrick Mahomes. Count out the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. I just can't do it. Yeah. But like Phillies looked really good all All year. year. But I'm just like, 
I can't pick. And of course, the spread's like a point and a half or so, a yeah, half a point. It's a push. So it's really just, yeah, basically a pick them. And then, you know, I thought about putting 10 bucks on it, 20 bucks on it. And I like to play parlays, but I'm like, I, I don't know how to bet. I have no idea. Yeah, I'm like, toss up. can I bet the under? Because the under is like 50. Would you bet the over under? <sighs> you got Mahomes and Hurts. I would bet over. But it's Super Bowl. Yeah, it's true. And those are usually like defensive battles and low scoring games. I, I don't know. I would love to see like a 51-45 Super Bowl. That'd be awesome. Be I would love it. The coolest thing ever. And there was a Super Bowl where a team scored a shit ton of points, but it was the 49ers. It was yeah. all one-sided. Yeah, it was. Against the uh, Chargers. Yeah, it was. It was like... 48 to 7 or something. 49. I think it was like 49-21. And remember when the Cowboys beat the Bills like 55 to 14? Yeah. That was a tough one for yeah. the Bills because usually they at least lost in close fashion. And that was the last time the Cowboys won a fucking Super Bowl. The irrelevant uh, team. Probably the last time they will while Jerry Jones is still alive. Exactly. Although he said, again, different podcast, but Jerry Jones is basically like, no one's safe. I'll do whatever it takes. I will. The Rams formula where he's like, I will trade every draft pick we have. The maniacal white old man. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. You don't need anything else, dude. Scumbag. All right. So speaking of scumbags, I'm, I'm glad to close the chapter on this one. Oh, the most what the fuck movie ever. Worst movie we've done. Oh, yes. Yeah. Worse than Grind. Worse than Dick Tracy. Yeah. Real bad. Really Real bad. bad. And uh, we got to do something a little happier next week. Yes. Because this was uh, this was tough. We need to. All right. Well, until then, find out what it is. We'll see you next week. Silencia.